Hey. Hey. We're back, back, back again. We're back again. It is yes, 10 are. o'clock at night, and we're recording this <laughs> on October 19th, uh, 2021. It's not going to get released until, like, mid-November, so if some shit happens <laughs> in the next month, we don't know about it. Um, when that episode is aired, I would have been turning 21. Hey. Woo! legal drinking age <laughs> i've never I, drank alcohol before legal smoking age evan Oof. Oof. finally i can buy legal jewel pods <laughs> um I, t- I feel like i had something i wanted to ask you guys before well do we want to talk about emma's interview wait i'll hold on let's let's get into it hello this is the shameless recap podcast and we are your hosts my name is amanda my name is Evan. My name is Lena. And this is a ep- uh, show where we recap every single episode of the Showtime series, Shameless, the American version. We are in season four, a.k.a. the best season. The best. The best season. <laughs> and as I said, we're recording this on October 19th at about 10 p.m. after we've all had full fruitful days. Full work days. And just before I'm about to jump into 11 days of a film festival that will suck the soul from Ugh, my body. We salute you. Girl boss moment. Girl boss moment. <laughs> but Mercury is out of retrograde. Thank God. I have an appointment for a booster shot and I just got my first pair of men's jeans which uh, men are really just walking around with all this pocket space. I am offended. <laughs> oh my God. You can fit so much shit in there. Welcome. Uh, Lena, did you say... Okay, so I didn't read the article because I don't really care what Emma Kemi has to say. I read a teacap article about it. I I didn't the- listen to the podcast, but I did read the article. I didn't listen to the podcast. I read the whatever I think you said. So we're talking about an article where Emma Kenny said that Emmy Russell was difficult to deal with. And I would take anything Emma Kenny says with a grain of fucking salt. Well, it's also like, well, she basically said that... If Emmy had a bad day, she would make it everybody else's problem too. Mm -hmm. That she dreaded having scenes with Emmy. Like like sometimes she did. And that she said that she felt like Emmy created this like almost culture of competition between the two of them, which I kind of call bullshit on that a little bit because it's like, who the fuck is creating competition between an 11 year old and a 22 year old? Yeah, I was about to be like, their age gap is so such an extreme. There's not even a reasonable way to compare the two. Right. I feel like Emma is taking Emmy trying to get taken seriously and not be taken advantage of and like making it, oh, she was such a bitch. I feel like a lot of it, I feel like it's hard for us. as Well, she, I feel she didn't say that. Like, not like, I don't want to villainize Emma at all because I don't, I mean, I don't think bad of her or anything, but she did. Like, Amanda's (laughs) like, okay. But she did say, she like her and emmy haven't talked in years but she saw she just had a baby and that she's gonna be a great mother and that she wishes the best for her yeah that's what you say after you just talk shit on someone (laughs) on a podcast podcast. too kind of messy kind of messy she was on wasn't it call her daddy yes that she was on i have friends that like uh live lived in the town that emma grew up in and uh, they said, yeah, she was, like, the shitty teenager in the town. Like, she was Oh, annoying. of course. I don't yeah. doubt it. Like, I bet they all, they both probably have the respective bitchiness of being female actors with a a spotlight on them. Like, exactly. I think, like, regardless, like, 
anyone could say that about any actor these days. But, like, I feel like at the same time, I think Emma's just sees a bit more prominent because of how not social Emmy is with everyone else, especially since she left. Like, you can take, like, Shinola into comparison, who literally, like, hangs out with them all the fucking time and, like, be, like text them and stuff like that. Well, and, and she did compare Emmy to Shinola. She was, like, Shinola is, like, my second mom. Yeah. Like, was, like, my second mom on the set. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, because I think personally... Like, I don't want to say I believe her, but at the same time, like, it doesn't shock me, but it doesn't change my opinion about either of them. Exactly. It's like, it's like I kind of have to ask, like, why it matters. And why people now? Are like, people are like, my, like, I'm so shocked. Like, but, and it's like, well, why does it matter to you? Yeah. yeah. You don't, first of all, you don't know these people. Second of all, it's a, it's a job. Third of all... You know, Emmy was fucking carrying the show on her back. I feel like at the same time, you have to look at it from Emmy's position. Like, Emmy was obviously, like, the big sister in the show, but, like, most of Fiona's stuff was all, like, very prominently just Fiona. Like, it seemed like she was, like, the kids were able to be more, like, family-wise and hanging out when Emmy had to do- Well, they had scenes together. Yeah, because yeah. they, they were able to interact more, but I feel like Emmy was always so more independent. Like, I understand if she wasn't as close with them, but I'm like- who cares that she left she left four years ago the show's been over for over a year oh, like almost a year emmy was out here being like walked all over by the producers and the writers and everybody like mm. that's the other thing i was gonna say had to demand equal pay and then had to say hey please stop giving me so many sex scenes and then they wouldn't and it made her leave right yeah she was out there getting objected every day i feel like we also forget Emmy might be 35 now, but she was 22, 23 when the show first started. She yeah. was very young. And I feel like holding her to that standard of like yeah. being a being a responsible, mature, like older, older, like model figure to ki the kids on set is like not it's not really that fair yeah. because it's like, you know, she was going through her own things, too. Like, Emma, are you telling me today that if you walk on set and you have a shitty day, you're not making it at least three other people's problem? Like, you clear you are because you're 20 years old you and are. that's what you do. Like, yeah, and it's like you might not be doing it on purpose, but it's just like not having like a very positive attitude. It's going to make other people's day yeah, I don't a know. little worse. And like, but it's not up to Emmy to dictate the day. Like, it's not up to her if you get pissed off because she's yeah. pissed off. Like, it's, she's right. not responsible for how you feel. Overall, this this article coming out, like, I don't know. I felt like it was something we sh we should talk about, but like, I didn't I didn't think anything of it really. I was just kind of like, well, whatever. Yeah, no, it doesn't change my opinion. I'm out here in a fandom where a tall Texas man is just being homophobic on stage. Uh, and oh my god, I saw that. <laughs> I was gonna text. I was gonna ask you about that, but then I got the scoop during the Denver Con. That this is gonna come out like a whole month later, and I'm sure he will have done something else terrible at another convention. But during uh, Denver Con. Uh, somebody asked Jensen and Jared, uh, do you think that Sam and Dean knew of Cass's romantic feelings? And when did you think that they knew? And Jensen started to answer it and do his kind of middle of the road, like, like answer, whatever, his whatever. But then Jared- Well, because he was like, he was like, he was like, I played Dean as not knowing that Cass was no, in love no, with No, no, Jensen gave a very sincere, like, I don't think he knew until Cass said it. 
And then Jared came in and started being homophobic for absolutely no reason. No way. I didn't see anything about this. And he brought up that Dean and Cass being in love would be incest because they're brothers. And he said that... Um, he said that Cass was junkless. Oh, he said Cass is junkless. Got transphobic in there too. He said Cass is junkless. What the um, And started equating. Fuck? They're like... He's like, people only like it because they want... He wants... People want to see them bang and like love you just sexualizing gay people. And why do we let tall Texas men speak? Why do we let them talk ever? Was Jer- was Jensen just like sitting there like he like he like nodded along with it and just to just to get it to end. He like yeah. yeah. Well, and he was and basically like he brought it. He was like he was like well who what like it's not up to us to be like it was romantic feelings like it could have been jensen said that cass's love is like otherworldly and angelic like he tried to just like it was it was built different it was beyond gender tried to be as pg and like the answer that everyone kind of wanted but but it's also like do you like sorry jensen was being fair by being like his love because it's angelic, is, like, beyond gender. Just so you know and that this like, is us currently. Yes. Um, uh, Jared Padalecki stands are going to listen to it and then uh, then fucking roast us like and Jared and Padalecki. block us and spam us and they're going to hate us and, yeah. Oh, the beef? The hold he has. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Alex and Misha then had... Well, first of all, creation. everybody is spamming Creation Entertainment right now with emails because someone started to ask a question about the confession and then... Uh, she almost got cut off by a creation person. She's like, oh, am I? She said into the microphone, am I not allowed to ask about the confession? And Misha went, yes, you are. And like, let her finish the question. Uh, yeah. Dang. And then somebody asked Alex, do you, what pronouns do you think Jack would go by? And he said, I think Jack would go by they, them pronouns. But then people got mad <gasps> that the when he kept speaking, he's like, I think Jack would go by they, them pronouns. And I think he, and he continued, I'm like, yeah, he, he, Alex played the character. So his, his pronouns are getting annoying in this sentence because he, Alex played the character. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I saw was that somebody was crying at Misha's panel and asked a question about like how to deal with grief because their father had passed yeah. away. And Jensen and, and Misha started to answer and Jensen and Jared crashed the panel and were like, hey, shut up, dude. Like, well, like not- I put that on the workers at creation. It was poor timing. Somebody hit the queue too early. Yeah. Oh, like when they pop out to start their yeah. panel, like it was just like the bad time. Right. It's like, I also really hate to be like this, but I think it was a little inappropriate that that question was asked really publicly in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Is that bad of me to say? Like, I feel like it's a lot of pressure to be putting on somebody in the moment to perform for an audience. Apparently Misha found the found the person later and tore out um a poem about grief from his poetry book and gave it to her. Oh, yeah, but that was your supernatural corner of this shameless recap podcast because <laughs> just for context, <laughs> that's the one thing. The one thing that will stay consistent with this podcast is getting that. It's just for context. This beef that like a twenty-something-year-old girl has with the girl that played her older sister on a television show doesn't seem as bad when I'm out here getting hate crimed uh, by my favorite TV show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but. I remembered I was going to mention to you guys again. I was remembering back to our last recording. And I know by the time this comes out, the other one will have already come out. But that was a couple of weeks ago that we recorded episode three. And we just kept saying, dick and pussy, dick, dick and, pussy. and pussy. And I was just remembering that. And I was like, and I was like, look, because I was looking at the like explicit rating on our, on one of our last episodes. And I was like, 
Dick and pussy. Dick and pussy. Dick and pussy. Dick and pussy. So I just wanted to say I'm excited for that episode yeah. to come out. So today is the episode for Dick and Pussy, though. Oh, guys, not <laughs> only is this week an excellent episode of Shameless, season four, episode four, Strangers on a Train, the notes were done by, and this discussion is once again going to be led by our wonderful co-host, Lena. Woo! Oh, I didn't know I was leading today. I thought you were leading. I can lead, but I didn't. I didn't know that that was going to be the case. You know how in season four, Noel got made a main cast member. You're this is you being made a main cast member. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so exciting! Uh, I got kind of evil with these notes. A little I love bit. it. Okay, great. Well, do you want me to do the the written by and the dates and stuff and jump and you can jump? Yeah, in? you can okay. go ahead and do that. Yeah, so go like ahead. we said, thirteen minutes into this recording, uh, this is season four, <laughs> episode four, "Strangers on a Train," which means it is the one with the scene. The it scene. It was. It aired on February 2nd, 2014, written by Eaton Frankel. This is number six out of 13 for this man, for Shameless. Damn, he be working. He's done 107, Frank Gallagher, Loving Husband, 205, Father's Day, 210, A Great Cause, 307, A Long Way From Home, 312, Survival of the Fittest. This one, he did, he'll go on to do 409, The Legend of Bonnie and Carl, 505, Rite of Passage, 509, Carl's for Sentencing. 605 Refugees, 610 Paradise Lost, 706 The Defenestration of Frank, and 711 Happily Ever After. And his other credits are Gossip Girl, Sorry for Your Loss, Animal Kingdom, amongst others. And this episode was directed by Peter Seagal. This is one of three episodes. He's a quick one. One of three shameless episodes he directs. This one, 503 The Two Leases, and 607 Pimp's Paradise. Okay, those are good episodes, though. Weird vibe, right? though. Weird vibe off of that. Yeah. Weird vibe with his other credits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and his other credits are Get Smart, the 2008 movie, The Longest Yard, Tommy Boy, 50 First Dates, uh, and Second Act. Okay. He likes Sandler. He likes my boy Sandler. He's a comedian at heart. I gotta say, doing the episodes like this is, like, the most annoying part of the notes because I always have to look up. Oh, Yeah. Like on IMDb, it'll ha- it'll have the episode title, and if I don't remember like what season and number it is, I like have to go look it up separately. <laughs> it's research time. Yeah, no, that is that's big research time. Those opening things. Oh yes. Uh, but that is who wrote and directed this episode, and we're gonna get into it. Lena, what is this episode about? Okay, so this episode, against her better judgment, Fiona continues her secret affair with Robbie. Frank attempts to contrive an accident, quote-unquote, that will provide an ample insurance payout to cover the cost of a potential liver transplant. Um, The previously on was done by Fiona. Jesus, I'm raising five kids and even I didn't miss Shameless on the toilet. I feel like that's one of, like, one of the iconic, like, intros. Yeah. They they reuse it a couple times a lot. Uh, And previously on Shameless, Carl can't get Frank any more drugs, but no problem. He found a liver in his oldest daughter, Samantha, who is very touchy with him. Lip is struggling in college, still. Debbie wants to have sex with Maddie, but he is not into it. Fiona met and fucked Mike's brother, Robbie, (laughs) and it's going to happen again. And let me say, I've said that I said this in our group chat when I went to watch this episode. This first scene, like I knew Strangers on a Train was the scene where Robbie fingers Fiona on a train, but it is the first scene. But it was right there. (laughs) It's right there. Okay, another thing is, um, I... One day was perousing on the internet as one adult does. Uh-huh. Um, and this scene was 
on Pornhub, and it had about 2.5 million views. Yeah, I was like, Evan admitting that he watches porn. What else? (laughs) (laughs) But I, like, went to the comments because I was, like, very curious because looking at porn comments is honestly really funny if you have the time because people would just comment anything. I was very surprised not to see anyone know that it was from a television show. Usually it says, like, in the title. It did. It literally said... <laughs> uh, normally, it did say um, it literally had um, Shameless and uh, 404, and that was it. You, y'all out here out in yourselves with your porn watching right? habits. Well, I was like, no, I'm just saying, okay. like, sometimes, sometimes I get bored. <laughs> well, and Evan's like, well, and Evan's like, if you read the comments, if you have the time, and I'm like, oh yeah, if you're like not in a rush. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. leisurely, obviously. If you don't have to be somewhere, <laughs> like, like we were just talking about how Emmy. Like, the whole beef with Emmy and the fact that she had to do so many sex scenes on the show. And it is unfair that she had to do so many. But when she did them, she is excellent. She did she them. She is excellent. Yep. So you go ahead, Lena. Yeah. All right. Well, coming off of the intro, we have the title sequence. And we open to Fiona on the train coming home from work. Outside the station, uh, Robbie gets into the same car as her. And it's a very tense affair. There's some sultry music in the background. They, like... They like lock eyes with him standing on the platform, and he outside comes the on window and sits on the train with her. Oh, she like stiffens up and like kind of just like adjusts herself. Well, because he knows that he was gonna run into her. This this was oh, yeah. premeditated by Robbie. No, but he did it on purpose. One hundred percent. She pretends not to notice him, and but when the lady who's like sitting next to Fiona gets off the train, Robbie sits down next to her, and then Robbie slyly slides his hand over and starts fingering her. On the train. Uh, and under her skirt! Almost to orgasm, too. Uh, I don't think she actually finishes, but he then leaves at, like, the next stop, <laughs> leaving her shocked and unsatisfied. And Fiona sneaks, like, a guilty glance at the old lady behind her who gives her a dirty look because she totally saw. But Fiona's still eating that shit Yeah, up. Fiona and Robbie oh, are so hot together. There's Like, they're destructive, but they're so hot. Right? But, it, but it's like, I know that it's not good. What's it mean when you, like, when people watch you fuck? Voyeurism. Voyeurism? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's a big Definitely voyeur. a voyeur. It's oh, like, yeah. And Emmy just has really good chemistry with the actor who plays Robbie. Like, like I said, almost as good as her with, uh, with Jimmy, Jimmy Steve. Steve. Yeah, like, it is, it's electric. Well, it's a very, it's a very physical relationship between the two of them. But with Jimmy Steve, it was, like, more than just the physical mm. Anyway, immediate cut to the Gallagher house. Uh, Fiona tells V about the incident and she shames her for it. And apparently, according to V, Fiona had a boyfriend who did speed in front of Carl, one who stabbed a guy at the Cracker Barrel for cutting in line, and then there was Jimmy Steve, the lying married car thief. I like the way that V said it, though. She's like, you let him, you let a guy finger you on the train? She's like, it wasn't just any guy. She's like, yeah, it was your boss's brother, your boyfriend's (laughs) brother. Like, it was your boyfriend, boss's brother. Like, come on. On a train. Fiona insists that it was a mistake and that it won't happen again, but we all know how that pans out. Uh, and V vents a little bit about the bar's finances. It's just like a Gallagher morning scene. Also, V is very pregnant already. How much time has oh elapsed? Oh my god! Oh yes, that she's like carrying around the orange juice. She's so cute, and she's <laughs> waddling. I know she's got triplets, but how much time has elapsed? She's so pregnant. She's yeah. So- uh, Debbie comes downstairs and yells at Carl for not making Liam breakfast and Fiona slips him a Pop-Tart. Liam is such a little cutie. Well, he's chewing on Debbie's, like, lip gloss or something and Debbie's like, 
Carl, you're supposed to make Liam breakfast. And Fiona's like, don't worry about it. And just slips him a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and she goes, more nutritious than makeup. <laughs> Her little comments to Liam always make my day. She's so sweet. Um, Fiona, very proud of herself, mentions that she made a big sale yesterday. But Car- Carl and Debbie just hold their hands out for lunch money. Carl still won't talk to Fiona because of Frank. And Fiona's attempts to reconnect with Debbie are fruitless. And on the way out the door, Fiona reminds Debbie that it's okay to be a kid, but she just continues to storm out. Yeah, she, like, compliments Debbie's outfit. She's like, you look cute. And Debbie's like, I'm not trying to look cute. Like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to look gorge. (laughs) At the doctor, Sammy is undressing in front of Frank, and she's, like, really making a show of it. She's like, oops. She's like... She's, like, bending over and stuff. And he still hasn't told her that he's her dad, and she's flirting super hardcore. And she's about to, like, take her bra off or her pants off or something, and he ducks out of the room. Yeah. uh, Very awkwardly. And he talks to the doctor and asks about timing with the liver, and he mentions that Sammy will definitely pass the medical exam because she's his daughter, but the doctor brings up the money issue with Frank's transplant. It could be a year-long wait unless it's dire circumstances, and all in all, it would end up being around 150k without health insurance. Which is fucking criminal. Insane. That's, I mean, the cost of a house. Sammy then comes out of the room and announces that she's done with her test really quick uh, and kisses Frank very deeply on the mouth in front of the doctor. (laughs) The doctor's fucking face. He's just, like, staring at her. Yeah, she's like, what the hell? And he... She's like, what's taking so long? Very shocked and is like, me and my daughter are very close. It's like that scene. It's like that part in La Vie Boheme after uh, Maureen makes up with her girlfriends. Like, sisters, we're close. (laughs) (laughs) We're very close. Over to the alibi. Kevin V are charging $3 a shot because they have kids on the way. The bar is in financial trouble. And apparently they have asbestos in the ceiling. So they need cash bad. Uh, Frank comes in battling about how the doctor looked at him funny for kissing Sammy and how expensive the procedure is. So Tommy mentions that Frank could burn his house down and file an insurance claim, but that plan shut down pretty quickly because Frank doesn't own his house or have insurance. But you know who does have insurance is Sheila. I do like, though, that he he literally comes in. You know how Frank comes in sometimes just in the middle of a sentence that he's talking to no one about? He comes in and he sits (laughs) down and Kev is like, Frank, Frank, could you just keep your babbling down? I don't want to fucking hear it. Like to yourself. He's like, he's like, what are you babbling about now? So Frank says that he is just going to do it without telling her. And V says, no, she's she's like, you're not going to burn down that nice lady's house. And Frank's like, no, not not burn down just get injured. She's got liability. So a big injury, big accident, and they have to pay up. It's not the dumbest idea he's ever had. No, and honestly, like, all in all, the only person it really affects is him. So, you know. And, like, her insurance premium. Like, that's all. Yeah. But in the dorm, Lip is being quizzed for his midterm by Ron. It's laundry day, and he's wearing his fuck you, you fucking fuck shirt. which Iconic. Best shirt ever. And he says that he'll be right behind Ron to join him to go to the midterm. He just has to get his pants out of the dryer. So Lip runs down to the laundry room to discover that someone has thrown all of his wet clothes on top of the dryer so that they could use it, which is a dick move for real. That's so fucked. That's why I legit, when I when I lived somewhere where you had to go down the hall to do your laundry, I would like bring a book or my homework with me and just sit in the, and I would be that bitch sitting in the laundry yeah. room. <laughs> somebody, somebody did do that to me once or twice. Just throw my clothes on top of the That's washing machine. That's so fucked. I've done that to my siblings once if they took it before me. But does he only have one pair of pants? It might just be that all of them are wet. All of them are now wet. So Lip yeah. 
slips on his wet jeans and he attempts to get back into his room, presumably to change, actually, because he comes he comes into the laundry room with a towel around his waist because he's wearing boxers. Yeah. And he puts his jeans on and he tries to go back to his room, I assume, to, to put on sweatpants or something. Yeah. He probably okay. he probably went to go grab his books and shit because remember he's... Well, he's it's on- a midterm. All you need is a, something to write with and like a calculator if it's math. He's not wearing shoes. He's not wearing shoes either. That's why I'm like, he's going back to his room to change. And he's he's locked out though. Uh, Ron already left and Lip is now running late for this midterm. So he's freaking out. He just takes off down the hallway in his wet jeans and socks. His little slippery, his like padding of his- Yeah, he's like- (laughs) Frank arrives at Sheila's house and he loudly acts like he's trying to talk to her, but he knows that she's out of town. I think she's visiting Karen. Joan is just not in this episode. (laughs) Well, but but Sheila comes back into town later- I she's think. probably visiting Karen, yeah. Oh, yeah, because she sees the sweat lodge. I think, she, I think she was supposed, like, they mentioned she was visiting Karen. Because um, she's like, oh, Arizona was great. But, yeah, but she's, like, he's really milking it, like, so all the neighbors can hear and be like, Sheila, are you here? Like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes into her shed, like, under the house, her tool shed, and he grabs a crowbar. And then he pries one of the steps on the porch loose. And he purposefully flips and falls on the step and injures his leg. And we cut back to Lip, running in wet jeans and socks across the freezing campus. It's There's snow on the ground in Chicago in the middle of winter. And he arrives at his exam room, but he isn't allowed in because he's six minutes late. Which is so fucking rude. It, that's insane. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I ever had a professor that was like, oh, you're late? Fuck you. You fail. Like, the doors were locked because, remember, he's, like, banging on the door. The doors were locked. He was pounding on the door, and the professor comes to go talk to he's him. Like, and he's like, they sees... are taking an exam in Yeah, there. he sees Ron in there, and Ron just kind of gives him a look like, he's sorry. Like, like, what are you going to do? But Lip says that he doesn't want the time that he missed, just the time that he has left, but the professor refuses and turns him away. Um, Mickey time. It's Mickey time. Hi, Mickey. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Okay, but I want to say something, though. Ron left the room not 2.2 seconds probably after Lip left the room, and Lip still was were able to run, get to there, and somehow Ron was there faster than him, and he was six minutes late. Well, no, because Ron, even when Lip was like, oh, I gotta go get my jeans out of the dryer, Ron was like, seriously? Because we have to leave, like, right now. And Lip's like, oh yeah, just leave, yeah, so, just leave, we'll catch up to you. Not only, yeah. not only was he probably hustling and bustling across campus, but Lip, like, the time it took for Lip to go down to the laundry room discover that his clothes are wet Come back up. put on those wet jeans discover that he was locked out of the dorm make the decision to go start running to his exam it's like that time adds up especially yeah, yeah even though he was running mm-hmm. anyway hi mickey hi, mickey, <laughs> and mickey and svetlana bust into the whorehouse where svetlana works complaining about how little she's being paid and after being brushed off by like the doorman or the guy who's like working the desk or whatever mickey demands all the girls to walk out he just starts like opening the doors and he's like he's like get the fuck up put your clothes on he's like you put a shirt on get out and he was like you can whack yourself off (laughs) he starts it all by like all right now this is happening like (laughs) right like he's just like okay like you asked for it and he says no one's getting laid until they get paid and the guy says, I'll tell Sasha. And he says, yeah, you can go tell him to fuck himself. <laughs> and I love that because it's a Russian name. He's like, oh, Sasha, that's like some dude. That's the pimp that runs this place. Yeah. Like some guy. Yeah. So Mickey has liberated all of the girls. They're following him out the building. Our sex worker union leader, Mickey. <laughs> the Abe Lincoln of mouth whores, as he says later in the episode. 
And at Lou, the lawyer's office. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex Forstein. I was like genuinely surprised that she didn't write this episode. I like when I saw who mm-hmm. wrote this episode, I was like, Alex didn't write this? She has a funny part in this episode yeah. too. So I'm surprised it wasn't her writing it for herself. Yeah. I mean, she's only in like two little scenes, but she breaks the news that Frank isn't injured enough to make 150K and she coaches him on how injured he's got to be. She's like third degree burns, shattered something like she's like you need to be like like limb missing like you need to be like fucked up for real yeah so frank goes home and he finds carl and enlists his help he's like i need you to break my leg and carl is like hesitant but definitely interested (laughs) and he finally is like can i put it on youtube and i love the way frank stares at him he's like what no 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 no." (laughs) um So there's like a montage where they consider pushing Frank off of the roof or letting his leg get run over by the L or even like a bear trap. But Frank backs out of all these. He's a little too scared. Bear traps are terrifying. Well, that clip where Carl lowers the glass bottle down onto the bear trap and it just snaps and shatters. And he just looks at Frank and he's like, well, yeah, (laughs) that'll fuck your leg up. That'll shatter your bone for sure. Might even snip it clean off. Yeah, Frank's little twig legs, honestly. Yeah, for real. Well, he's a runner. Now we're joining Debbie at the bowling alley. Debbie and Holly. uh, At the bowling alley, Debbie and Holly talk about her last date with Maddie, and Holly asks if Debbie cleaned her pussy out with Purell after they had sex as a form of birth control. She's like, gets the little swimmers so drunk they can't find the egg. Oh my god, the American education system. (laughs) Right? Especially from, like, well, because it's Holly. But Debbie says that they didn't have sex. And... A boy runs up then to deliver Holly a frappuccino. He's one of her like little lackeys hoping to get a quickie from her. Um, But Holly goes off to chase some guy named Billy. And as she's leaving, Debbie asks her advice on Maddie, but she's no help because no one's ever turned her down before. Yeah, she's like, oh, he said it wasn't the right time. I don't. I don't know how to help you with that. No guy has ever not wanted to sleep with me. She's like, that's never happened to me before. Which exactly. Like, Holly, I know you're a couple years older than her, but you're still a baby child and that's a problem. Like, I know yeah. that we hate you for being the one that like kind of ruins Debbie, but like, girl, maybe you should talk to somebody. Girlfriend, go back to math class. Yeah. Um, At the bar, Kev is arguing on the phone with Stan's son because they haven't paid him his rent money yet. And Mickey walks in with all the girls in tow and explains his strike plan to kev v and tommy he's just kind of like putting on a clint he's like he's like everybody listen up who wants to hear about why i got these girls behind me <laughs> line up a shot for the a blink and a mouth whores exactly he looks gorge in this scene noel looks so good he looks so he good. looks gorge <laughs> he looks gorgeous so his hair works the eyebrows got drawn on correctly. It's the little mm-hmm. the little paw sweater. Yeah. It's like he's had the black hair for a while, so it looks natural, not fresh, prominent, like Sharpie black. Yeah. Did you guys see Homeboy post on Instagram today? Yeah, oh, who was that person? I think it was somebody from that show, The Red it's Line. It's from The Red Line. Yeah. Mm. They, like, she made a cute little post about him, too. They yeah. have kittens, it said. I don't know. And the girls post, she was like, I saw Noel... Uh, I always forget his Lena. What's his wife's name? Layla. 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 Yeah. And then in parentheses, she put like and the kitties, and I was like, no, uh, no, got kitties. Layla Alizada. Well, and they have a they have a cat named Sushi. Yeah, that. And then they have another one named Spartan. I think. Right. But like, he's such a boy. He looks so good in this episode. Like it's something about him with the sweater paws and everything. He looks so good in this episode. It's like, we can take this episode comparing to what actually Noel looks like. I'm like, they're not the same person. 
It's not the same person. No, absolutely not. Especially with that Instagram post today. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Kev asks Mickey how Sasha gets away with paying the girls next to nothing. And Mickey explains that because they're illegal immigrants and they barely speak English, they don't really have a choice but to take that kind of work. So Kev gets an idea and immediately rushes out. He's like, I gotta pick something. He, he says, I have to pick something up at Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, Svetlana takes a call and tells Mickey that Sasha wants a meeting, so they go. And then I did write, Mickey looks really good in that scene. Simultaneously, he's like, I freed them. They're not making enough money. And Svetlana's like, they all want to drink. And he picks up a glass. He's like, good thing there's a sink in the fucking bathroom, huh? Like, <laughs> Right? Well, and he's like, and he's like, I freed them. I'm going to be so good. And then Svetlana's like, Sasha wants a meeting. He's like, let's fucking go. I want these girls out of here. Like, I love some of the little stuff he says when he's clearing them out of the salon too. He's like, yes, I don't care if you're mid-pump. Get up. And he's like, the one girl's completely nude with a jacket. Well, and then he's like, he's like, put your fucking tits away. Put your tits away. And it's like, damn. I don't care if it's sticky. Like. <laughs> so we cut to Lips sopping jeans as he sits waiting in the dean's office. And he gets called in to talk to the dean. He explains the situation as to why he was late. But the rules are not on his side, which is just really shitty. And the guy's being like a real dick about it too. Mm -hmm. Lip is like, I just want to take the test, even if you have to mark points off. But the dean absolutely refuses. And he brings up the student that was the runner up for Lip's scholarship and says that if he were here, he would be on time. That's such a bitch thing to say. Such a dick thing to say. He's like, he's like, I don't know where Jay Santos is. But if he was here, he would have been on time to that midterm. This school is setting Lip up to fail. Like, they're giving... The, his work-study job is giving him too many hours. Like, his... Roommate's a bitch. Like, just the people around him are working against him. The fucking teachers, the professors, and the dean are all like, oh, fucking step it up. Like, no no yeah. help at all. Insane. I did say... Yeah, and it's like... And it's like knowing his, like, financial family situation and, like, all that stuff. It was like... You know, like, there should be more help for him. I think I talk about... I talk about Lip later in the notes where I'm like, Lip is not, but Lip isn't, doesn't seem to be open to playing by the rules that he needs to play by. The rules of the, the rules of college, not the rules that he has come to know in the real world. And he talks about that at the end. Anyway, so Lip is really upset, understandably, goes outside and starts smashing random people's cars with a pipe bender that he takes from like a golf cart. This part. scene is so good. It's, it's iconic. His, it's his most iconic scene ever, I think, other than like the answer to that question, like the answer to most questions is fuck you and he throws the chair through the window. Yeah. But destructive lip is the fucking best. Yeah, lip, he just up on top of the car in the fuck you, you fucking fuck shirt, like smashing the shit. And his jeans and no his socks. No shoes, just Yeah, just smashing. smashing the shit in this freezing cold weather. And the security guard spots him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, after one more devastating blow to a, the back windshield of a car, Lip takes off. But also the security guard being like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> are you Not you doing? like he's been smashing this car for at least a good minute or so. What does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Um, <laughs> I'm on top of a vehicle. <laughs> and he's chased through campus by multiple cops and ends up in the library. And he finally evades them by like hiding under a table at a girl's feet. And she's like wearing a skirt. And she, she like scoots back and is like, what the, f and he's, and he's like, shh, he looks <laughs> up at her and just goes, shh. And it's like, hey. She has a hey. moment where she, like her expression changes from what the fuck to like, well, hello. Like, 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 
you gonna do something while you're down there? Like, <laughs> make, make yourself, yourself useful. useful. Exactly. Make yourself <laughs> useful. So Mickey is back at the spa, guns blazing. Literally, he cocks his gun on the way in. He's like so nervous. He comes in and he like cocks his gun, and you can tell he's like a little. He thinks he's about to face up against like a six foot four burly Russian man, and he's like right, like a to- like a kind of like a Tony Soprano type almost. But he's yeah. he's very bristled, and he finds Sasha, who is a woman outside a woman and mickey tries to negotiate higher pay but sasha reveals a new bunch of working girls from the truck and she says they're from chernobyl we got a discount (laughs) so mickey is shit out of luck and she tells him to go fuck himself because like in the background there's just like a big van and then all of a sudden it opens up and they just start unloading like 20 girls from the back yeah and they're just like <laughs> it's like the way that he that he goes and he's like all right so here's what i want they want higher pay they they pocket the extras what happens in the ass stays in the ass he's like big and tall and then she's like oh really you tough negotiator and she opens the truck and you see his face fall and then as the girls file in he's got like a oh shit oh fuck like look on his face well and he's like he's like i'm flexible on those numbers yeah <laughs> Uh, and I mean, they have like a, an exchange where he's like, well, she's like, you're smaller than I thought you'd be. And he's like, you too. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, your girls are are tired and stretched out. Fuck you. And he's like, oh shit. Now he's got to go home to his angry Russian wife and his living room full of sex workers that are now shit out of luck. Right. Um, so at the office cup, cup company, Mike mentions that Fiona's birthday is coming up and he asks her what she wants to do. He wants to celebrate, but she wants to keep it kind of quiet. And he's like joking with her about how old she is. He's like, he's like, it's a big one. The big three. Oh, she's like, go fuck yourself. I'm not 30. I'm pretty like, sure she's turning like 24 or 25. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, no she probably is like at least like 26. I think it's I 24 think it's at the latest. She's, I think. No, because if she's 22 in the like, season one, we're in season four. She's so she 22 be... in season two, I yeah. think. And yeah, but the events between season three and four are less than a year. Ah, uh, but always remember the golden rule of shameless is- There is no time. time. Exists, time exist. And we don't actually know how old she is. So he's fucking with her and Robbie is at the office. Of course he's at the office. Flirty text messages while Mike tries to talk to her. And he's like, hey, like you're super distracted. What's going on? And she tries to lie and she says, oh, it's just one of the kids. And he accepts it and he goes. And Robbie comes over and just gives her a quick little like, hey. He's like literally texting her like, are you wearing panties? Like while while he's like standing in front of her. Well, and she sends back in all caps, stop texting me. And he goes, why? Am I making you what? (laughs) 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 Why? Am I making what? Does sexting run in that family? Because apparently Mike is also very good at sexting. It's just right? it's just a good just, sexting family. They're just flirty people, I guess. And Fiona is absolutely shook um, as Robbie leaves. But back at the alibi, Kev leads in a group of Mexican immigrants, including Paco, our king. Paco! King Paco! King Paco. love that guy. <laughs> um, and he instructs some of them to work behind the bar and some of them to start removing the asbestos. He's like, he's like, do you guys know what asbestos is? And they all just like look at each other and he goes, cover your mouth. Yeah, he's like, let's go. These undocumented guys are the things that he went to pick up at Home Depot. He's like, oh, Mickey gave me a good idea. I can bring these guys in, pay them next to nothing, and they'll do the shit work for me. Exactly. And I mean, Lip had that same idea a couple seasons ago. When What did he say? Ghetto Brown's the new white? Ghetto white's the new brown. Yeah. Ghetto white. Because he was like, how can you underbid us? We're illegal immigrants. And he was like, I got college students. (laughs) These are hipster volunteers. What do you want Mm -hmm. for us? Right. (laughs) 
So back at the Milkovich house, Mickey is locked into a heated argument with the girls and Svetlana, like at the same time. I love this scene so much. I love this <laughs> I scene. I don't know what the fuck you are saying. This, this it flows so well. I'm like, my fa- I love just in my head to think of Svetlana saying, they say you are stupid fucking idiot. Well, what'd you say back? I, that you also have small dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and after that, he just storms into, he's like, he's like, oh, and he can't even think of a comeback. Because he knows it's true. And he storms into the kitchen to get advice from Terry, Mandy, and Kenyatta who are like sitting in there. And Terry's like, Hey, this is your mess. And in this conversation, we learn that Terry has absolutely fucked Mickey's wife. Because he's like, yeah. you think that your wife's more more worth more than a couple of bucks a lay. I'll tell you from experience, she isn't. Like, oh, so yeah. yeah, this is... And some girl comes up to Mickey and starts yelling at him in Russian. And he just goes, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Oh, my God. And he starts walking out the door. Don't worry. We'll get a dick in you as soon as we can. <laughs> And he just like storms out. Great fucking scene. I love that scene. I don't. I had. I don't know what the fuck you're saying as a ringtone on my phone for I a while. I don't know what the fuck. You're I don't saying. know what the fuck you're saying. Oh my god! And then he. And then he's like. And then he's like. Don't worry. We'll get a dick in you as soon as we can. <laughs> and on his way out, Debbie comes in asking advice from Mandy, or she's looking for Mandy. Um, she like she like Debbie walks into this room full of like screaming sex workers and she's like, "Is Mandy home? Mandy here? Like, <laughs> like, uh, like <laughs> Mandy here? Um, so then, just a quick little side scene at the Gallagher house. Carl presents Frank with one of his favorite movies and some soup, and he's like very eerily cheery and like care and sweet. But we find out in the kitchen, Carl slips some sleeping pills into Frank's soup because <laughs> Carl's got a plan. Yep, man with a mission. Man with a plan. But back to Mandy. In Mandy's room, Debbie asks her for advice with Maddie, and she tells him that Maddie just doesn't want to get in trouble with the cops, and she tells Debbie to just make the move. So she tries to demonstrate on Kenyatta by, like, pulling him into the bed and making out with him and taking off his clothes, but Debbie says that she doesn't think she's ready for that. So Mandy says, send a sexy picture instead. And, like, this is a lot to unpack with Mandy, too. She's like, oh, you're 13? You haven't had sex yet? Oh, he just he's just worried about the cops. Like, Mandy, we need to unpack what the fuck has happened to you at 13 years old. Right? Well, because she's like, you said he was older. And she's like, yeah, 20. And he's like, and, sh- and Mandy's like, oh, he just doesn't want to get in trouble with the cops. Like... Anyway. And Debbie, like, doesn't know that statutory rape is a thing. And mm-hmm. Mandy says it's, like, some old hold, some old old holdover from when, like, women were treated as proper. And, like, no, 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 Mandy. It's because she's a child. It's because she's a child. Right. That's like, why that No, it's exists. a very real thing. <laughs> she is a baby. So we're back to Frank, and he's conked the fuck out. Carl comes in and starts to set up his leg-breaking contraption, which is himself, with weights taped to him i love that he duct tapes like like dumb like workout plates like like (laughs) yeah like a bench plate is season four just the season of carl gallagher like he has so many good moments in this season he's killing it this season dude he's kind of iconic in this season like they really did a lot with him uh he's he kind of like has something with every character mostly frank but carl climbs up on the ladder weighed down by these weights and boom jumps frank's leg is snapped to shit Frank wakes up just to scream and then, like, immediately falls back asleep. Yeah. God, he probably- I would have died. Probably just passed out from the pain. He woke up and then passed out from the pain. But also the sleeping pills probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, so Fiona, we're back on Fiona, arrives at Robbie's apartment to tell him off, and they end up having sex, like, very quickly. This scene, too, like, she's like, 
fuck off. You stop texting me. Stop calling me. He's like, you could have called to tell me that. You could have texted to tell me that. She's like, she, he's like, but you're here. He's like, you could have. I love the, my favorite moment. He's like, you could have sent me a message on Facebook. And she's like, I'm not on Facebook. Like she's, her, her resolve is just wearing <laughs> down. She's playing into it. Yeah. Like she knows why she came here. And like they strip down to her just in her sneakers as they start fucking on his bed. Like, well, it's yeah. like it's like she's still in her skirt. She's got her bra on though, no underwear, and her shoes are still on. Her like weird little office shoes. They're like Skechers, but they have like a heel. They're like nurses' shoes, kind of. Yeah. Um. So they end up having sex, but they're interrupted by Mike knocking on the door. Quick side note: the song in this scene is "Blackout Days" by Fantagram. Great song. <gasps> personally such a great song that's why i know that song yeah personally i think that the future islands remix is better i agree um but this is the original um, that, one that song in edits though yep yep it hits a little, different a little thing to discuss so we've seen her hook up with robbie three times now but we don't think she has come at all like we don't think she was brought to climax they've been interrupted do you think that if she ever got to finish with him she would have been done with him do you think if she ever got to like see it through she would have been like and and the addiction is worn off and i'm moving that's a on. good question like do you think it's because she never reached that that she like kept coming back for another hit i think it would huh. i think it would depend on how good the orgasm is because i feel like with mike she's like not totally satisfied like it like it's not an exciting orgasm i feel like if she reached climax with robbie and it was like really good because of the danger and the passion of it all she would be like no i need to keep chasing this yeah yeah because like jimmy steve because she knew she would always get more coming but mike this is a new experience so she's only like dipping her toe yeah, in but she bit. and right. she was like in love with jimmy and jimmy was a whole thing but robbie is just like a hot sexy thing that she can't have yeah that i feel like and since she he would like bring her up and up and up and they get interrupted and bring her up and up and up they get interrupted so i feel like if she got to like get over it and that but that was how he kept her coming back yeah because she never had the she never got to to that point right so, so she's like so let me see how this turns out just a little thinky thought that I had about them. Fiona immediately hides under a table and Mike comes in to chastise Robbie over trying to scam their dad out of money. Because Robbie answers the door. Like they're in the middle of sex. <sighs> he does it on purpose. He does. Well, with his with his pants like half down, he's like, hey. <sighs> like, like super panting. Fiona like dives under like some like desk in his yeah. room or something. Yeah, a table in his kitchen or something. Because he lives in a studio, so it's not even like there's walls <laughs> yeah um and robbie deliberately tries to lead mike to fiona's hiding spot just to fuck with her but then he kind of like steers him away really quick and mike doesn't catch her cut over to lip he goes to the milkovich house and catches mandy on the way out and she drops that she has a boyfriend and he claims that he came by just to say hi and then he tells her about him smashing the cars and says that it was beautiful but destructive and it made him think of her and that like hurts her she's like She's like, mm -hmm. random acts of destruction make you think of me. I'm like, oh, fuck. And you can just see her face kind of fall, but she's still, like, holding out that hope. So she asks what he wants, and he says that he, like, point blank, he just misses her. And he's like, is your boyfriend here? 
immediate cut to them making out like crazy. He gets in her and he comes almost immediately. And it's like, it's <laughs> so awkward. Isn't there discussion mm. later in the series that Lip is bad at sex? And like, there, it seems like Lip is bad at sex. He's bad at sex. <laughs> and like in, a, in a, an episode two, he tells that TA, he's like, yeah, but I fuck like a sophomore. Bestie, do you though? Like, <laughs> do you though? Well, it's also like, that's not something to talk yourself up about. A sophomore? Come on, girl. Right. But so he admits to her that his sex life hasn't been that crazy at college. And she asks for money to plan B, looks through his pockets, and she finds like $6. Uh-huh. And he jokes that they could just raise the kid if she gets pregnant. But she waves it off. She's like, stop being stupid. And he then he gets serious about it. And he threatens to drop out and commit to her and have a kid with her. And it upsets her because she worked so hard to get him into college in the first place. And she tells him off for treating her like she's only worth like a fuck and a bastard child. She's like, oh, so when things aren't going great at college, you can just come here and knock me up. Mm-hmm. And he calls her a skank. She's honestly so right for that. Yeah, so he starts to go and he calls her a skank and she punches him in the face. Good for yeah, her. Fucking yeah, fucking good for her. Good for her. And like later on when he has a shiner, someone asks him, he's like, oh, I got into a fight. Like, no, Mandy Milkovich punched your ass out is what happened to you. Right? Like, he, she laid him out. So at Robbie's apartment, Mike is leaving and he's like in the doorway. Him and Robbie seem to have worked it out mostly. And after he goes, Fiona comes out of hiding super angry. She's pissed. She's so mad. She's so mad. She like punches him in the chest. She's so pissed. Well, because he was deliberately trying to get Mike to catch her. And he teases her again about her addict tendencies. And then Robbie gets a call and he's like, oh, do you mind if I take this? It's my girlfriend. And Fiona gets all up in his face and is like, if you ever come near me again, I will fucking kill you. And on her way out, she like guiltily watches Mike get into his car from the window. She's like watching him and she's like, ah, shit. Did it again. Like, Fiona, who you fooling? You're gonna fuck this man again. Like, you're gonna fuck him again. You make bad decisions. It's what you do. Well, she brings that up later. Uh, Quick, kind of quick little cutscene. Carl has Frank in a wheelbarrow on the way to Sheila's house and he hits a stick. (laughs) He hits a stick and it jostles the wheelbarrow and it wakes Frank up and he starts wailing in pain. (laughs) And in the background, we follow... Like, in the background of that scene, Debbie comes home into the Gallagher house and she rushes up to her room. I like when they do a good transition like that. Right? Like, yeah. it's like, okay, they were smooth with it. Because you end one person scene and it's the person just walking right back in like, oh, hey. Yeah. And like, oh, we'll follow this little side project. But for the moment, let's branch off over here and watch what's happening in that direction. Like, it's literally <laughs> like you can see her coming home in the background and then they just follow her as Frank and Carl pass. That's how I feel about that one scene when it's like Kev standing outside and Maddie drops off Debbie and he's just like staring at Maddie as he drives away. <laughs> right. Because you just see everyone's going on. Yeah. So in her room, she strips down to her bra and there's a montage of her trying to take like the perfect sexy topless selfie. And honestly, Aww. and who among us, who among us hasn't taken 17 horrible photos from bad angles to get one like kind of half good one like who among us right but also like i just feel like i'm like poor emma like they have her in that neon green little like training bra and it's like i just because it's like she was what like 14 and i'm like yeah can you imagine being filmed like that about shameless that kind of is still funny to me is that like in the first and second season like having a phone was such like a a like a treasure for them and like they barely had it and they were like oh there's only a couple minutes left or you had the trade-off and then like halfway through the season debbie has like an iphone yeah well because it's like because it's like jimmy buys fiona a phone 
Amanda buys Lipophone at one point. De- and then I'm assuming like Fiona's job was good enough that she was like, okay, I can like get you guys phones. Or the kids just worked odd jobs and saved up for them. Because that mm-hmm. seems like something the kids would be like, okay, I'm really saving for. And they could be like Mint Mobile track phone. Like they still could, even though they're iPhones, yeah. they could be like shit plan iPhones. Well, Debbie, yeah, no, Debbie doesn't have an iPhone. She has like a black, like a Blackberry, like one of those with a keyboard. Yeah. A physical oh, keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiona has an iPhone. But it's not, like, the newest one. And I really don't think, like, any... Ian has a phone. But I don't know... When he comes back. I don't know about y'all's uh, texting experience with people you are you are talking to. But, like, li- her taking Girl. those photos, <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, in my dorm room for, like, 20 fucking minutes trying to get one half-decent cute photo to send to the person I'm talking right? to. Right, or it's, like... And that quality on that phone, yeah. too. Oh, it's, like, well, yeah, you see every pixel. I refuse to use Snapchat because I just fucking hate sending pictures. Like, not, not even, like, sexy pictures like Debbie's doing, but literally just, like, selfies. Because, like, I feel like it's just really awkward. I yeah. would rather just, like, so whenever I, like, like meet hey. people, I'm literally, like, okay, to preface, like, I'll give you my Snapchat. I hate using Snapchat. I don't check it. Yeah. You would be, you would have Talk much, to me on Instagram. That, or, I'm, like, like I'm very active on Instagram, very active on Twitter. I'm, like, you would have much better luck just asking for my number and texting me. Like, I hate, like, 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 Snap became, like, a thing. Like, what's your Snap? Like, no. Text me. Yeah. Right? Shit. Well, just because, just because it's, like, like, it's not as personal as a phone number like like you because when you have someone's phone number you can like call them and like whatever y'all get a google phone number you can just give your google phone number to whoever or like or like honestly instagram has dms that are great like i just i don't and instagram also has kind of like a snapchat yeah type feature whatever i just hate it i genuinely really do hate it yeah but this but, montage gave me like oh yeah no i've done that like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oof, back in the days uh so eventually she gives up and she's like I look like a child because I am a child. Yep. And she just goes into the boys' room and takes a picture of one of Carl's porn magazines and she sends it to Maddie. And he immediately tells her to come over and she's very confident that she's about to get laid. At Sheila's, Carl dumps Frank on the porch and then starts calling out for help. So that was just a quick little scene. He just like dumps him off. Carl's like, okay, you you did not want to do the thing that would break your leg, so I knocked you the fuck out and I broke your leg. <laughs> And then he just, he, like, throws him on the, he, like, uses the wheelbarrow to, like, dump him on the porch. And then he's like, oh, my God, my dad fell. Like, hell, <laughs> guys, like, this his leg is broken. Which, honestly, great acting, Carl. Yeah. He, he's really milking it. This is a good Carl season. Right? So, back at the alibi, the guys are in the process of removing the asbestos. And Lip comes in and Kev says hi. And then he lies about Mandy, punching him in the face. He's like, oh, I got in a fight. Debbie arrives at Maddie's apartment and she's like ready to get freaky. And doesn't she? Yeah. So he comes out of the bathroom and she pushes him onto the couch as she saw Mandy do. And he demands that she stops. And they finally have like the conversation about her being too young for him. And she needs. Because she's like, didn't you like the photo I sent you? He's like, I deleted it. (laughs) Yeah. And he, she needs to stop hitting on him. And it's still evil that he's like, well, when you're 16, like, we can try again. Like, it's fucking gross. Grooming. He's grooming yeah. her. 
just say, no, sorry, we can be friends. That is all. Or just like, no, sorry, you clearly have feelings for me and you're 13 and this is weird and we can't talk anymore. Like, Well, it's also like a 20-year-old and a 13-year-old. What the fuck do you have in common? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell do you have in common to be friends um, about? A scary 20-year-old who hangs out at a bowling alley where 10-year-olds hang Very out. Very true. He And delivers pizza for a living, which honestly, as far as 20-year-old jobs go, that's not that bad. But yeah. It doesn't seem like he's in college or anything like that. Yeah, but he's finally like, it's because you are 13 years old. Like, you're that too young. Like, Lena, that's like me and you age, like, talking to, like, a little 13 Right? Like, I like, can't ew. even imagine like, it. Ew. Well, and it's like, I've got a younger brother who's 17. I can't even imagine being friends with a 17-year-old. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm 26, and when I'm on dating apps, if I see somebody that's, like, 21 or younger, I'm like, don't talk to me. Nope, that's weird. Yeah. It's weird that well, you're that like, young. Or, like, on Twitter, like, a lot, like, some of my, some of the people that follow me are, like, 14 or, like, 15, and I'm like, I know, I know, like, I, I was that age not that long ago, but it is also, like, there is a very severe difference between how I was then and how I am now. Yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. I really don't try to interact. I really, like, I'm like, you can follow me. And sometimes I'll even follow you back. Me and Lena out here knowing each other since we were 14. Yeah. No, but we're like, yep. <laughs> but now we're like, I I would not talk to us. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't. Because <laughs> I'm like thinking about how I used to be. Like, and I'm if like, oh, we, If we talked to people, like when we became friends, I would not talk to us. Because first of all, those were babies. Those were little children. Yeah. Right. I like same with me and you, like you were friends with my little sister and that's how I knew you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I was already friends with Zoe for like years. Yeah. So it wasn't even like, I was just talking to this older woman. <laughs> it was like, no, I practically. Like it was just kind of, it was like, no. We're like, like I practically knew you at this point. <laughs> I met your parents. And I got brought in through Evan and then it's like, okay, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So Debbie starts crying, rushes out. Um, and at the alibi, Lip is filling Kevin on why college is bullshit. Please, this scene is my, the ending of the scene is my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah, I love Mickey, Mickey, Mickey and Lip hating each other. I love Mickey coming in and being like, what the, aren't you supposed to be at fucking college? What, what are you doing yeah, here? he's like, why are you <laughs> Right, here? well, so, yeah, so Mickey comes in, he's like ranting about hooker problems, and he sits down at the bar, and he turns, he's like, aren't you supposed to be at college? <laughs> and Lip's like, and Lip's like, hey, <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you? Um, that's your future brother-in-law right so they say hi uh and at kevin v's house they v and fiona are discussing her going over to robbie's and v totally calls fiona out on being self-destructive and fiona buys into it she's like yeah yeah it was wrong and she admits to v that she keeps checking her phone to see if robbie texted her and she knows it's wrong but she just can't stop she's an addict yeah and then very quick like side joke v notices that someone carl broke into her pill cabinet well because she okay, she's like but she sees the doors are smashed and she's just like who the fuck broke into my pills <laughs> <laughs> like i was like it surprisingly took her that long to find like the thing was like it wasn't even like he picked the lock no he smashed yeah. it wasn't open. it like the last episode that he did that or something or was it uh, he says that he did it again in this episode oh yeah okay yeah so at the alibi kev asks if lip was joking about dropping out and he says that he really wants to and that his grades suck. So it's not totally up to him. But Kev sets him straight. And he tells him he's the only guy who really has the potential to get out of the South Side. And that he just kind of needs to, like, suck the hardship up. Like, things yeah. are tough. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Deal with this it. This honestly kind of is so sad just to, like, know, like, future things being, with like, Lip. they put him through all of that stuff to just kind of, like, put him back. No, yeah. Like, 
I do love like kind of the big brother Kev moment of him like in the absence of mm-hmm. Ian being there to shake any sense into lip. It was Kev that had to step up and be like, hi, are you right. fucking kidding me? Well, but also like Ian has his has his flaws too. And I more describe this as like a fun uncle nephew relationship. Yeah. Because they have like a lot, they have like a, a, a better, friendlier dynamic than that, I think. But but like, so, Ian, like if it wasn't Kev, like if Ian was around, Ian would be the one to be like, hey, uh, objectively, that's a stupid fucking idea. Like, right. <laughs> and like, for real, it kind of did really seem like Lip was unwilling to play by the rules that he needs. Like he knew what the rules were. He was just thought they were bullshit. And it's like, that's not how that works, though. Yeah. You just have to like, do he's it. He's not wrong, but like you have to regardless. He's not wrong. Like it is bullshit, but it's like, that sucks. You have to do it, though. Like, yeah, college is hard, Lip. When you're in college, like, you have to fucking follow the rules no matter how much you want to cut the Right, and I f- and, and that's the thing is, like... And this is coming from someone who's never fucking gone to yeah. college. And I'm... Well, this is coming from someone who's in college. It's like, it's like he knows the rules. He knows what he has to do. He knows how he, he needs to treat to. people, how he needs to act, the effort that he needs to put in. But he's, like, ref- he, he thinks it's bullshit, so he's refusing to. It's, like, because he's never had that level of commitment almost to, like, anything. So it's, like, he's right on the cusp of being, like, you can do it. You can do it. School came easy for him. He was so much smarter than everyone in his school that he, like, never had to try. It, honestly, my brother was the same way. My brother, like, he he went to Riverside. It's a one-square-mile town. There was, like, 180 people in his graduating class. And he never had to study. And he always did really well. And I always had to study, like, three times as hard as he did. But, like, he never had to study. Everything came easy to him. And then he went to college. And his first semester at college fucking sucked. And it kicked his ass. Yeah. So... Anyway, it's a great scene between the two of them. They both give really great performances. And Lip kind of just gets up and leaves abruptly. And Kevin just waves him off. And Lip says, GFY. And Kev just goes, yeah, TGIF. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, he, because he's just like cleaning the gun. He goes, yeah, TGIF. Like, it's so good. For people who don't remember GFY from season one was Lip telling that guy, go fuck yourself. And he's like, yeah, TGIF. I, I, yeah, no, I love that. GFY. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So TGIF. Good. Like... I, I honestly, like, knowing Kev, I feel like he doesn't know what that means. <laughs> uh, so at the bowling alley, Debbie is rushing around trying to find Holly to ask for advice. And she runs into Frappuccino Boy from earlier. And he's salty because Holly left with the guy that she was after. And Debbie takes this opportunity to kind of swoop in and invite him to the bathroom with her. So they go. Uh, at Sammy's trailer, Carl drops Frank off. And, like, well, because it's just, like, he drops and he, like, knocks on the door. And Sammy opens the door with, like, a gun. And she's like, ah! And Frank's like, whoa. And Frank's just in a wheelchair, just like. Well, and Frank's, like, looking up at her and he's like, whoa. And she's like, oh, my God, Frank? Like, get in here. <laughs> Debbie and the kid are in the bathroom. And they turn the lights off. It's super awkward. And they both lie about having had sex before. They're, like, standing so close to well, each other. Well, in the bathroom the stall. stall. And it's, like, cringe. It's also really creepy because this kid, like, kind of looks like Ethan Kutsky. Like, I looked at him, I was like, yeah, he kind of does. He kind of looks like Ethan. Well, yeah, and and they're just like standing there and they're not kissing or anything. They're just looking at each other and they're like, so like, are we about to do this? Super cringe. And she almost takes, she's like, I'm going to take my shirt off now. And she almost does, but then she gets too nervous and she's like, I can't. And he's like, I think I already did. He already came in his pants. Because he's 13. Because he's 13. I know. And he was fawning all over Holly all day. It's like so sad. See, this is the kind of shit 
that I would have been fine with. Two 13-year-olds being awkward and cringy and horrible around each other for, like, a whole storyline. Anyway, we intercut Lip walking across Chicago, very depressed, with Debbie doing the same. She's full-on sobbing. He's just kind of walking. But they're both walking home. Yeah. Um, And it's a nice little, like, parallel. They just cut back and forth between the two for a little bit. Uh, Back at Sammy's trailer, they discuss Frank's injury. Sammy says that she sent Chucky to the neighbors so the two of them can be alone. Frank asks if they scheduled the transplant date, and he says that he'll have the money as soon as he gets his insurance check, but she reveals that they weren't a match. Her white blood cells attacked his white blood cells, apparently. Yeah, which is just- He's like, why the fuck did they do that? (laughs) Yeah, he just just (laughs) explodes. He starts ranting. He's freaking out about everything he's done to try to survive, and he's like- how he's like oh thanks god my own daughter isn't even a match and it's like well sammy is like speechless dumbfounded and she's like wait daughter yeah and frank admits to her that he's her father and you can just see the steam coming out of her ears like she's partly embarrassed that she kissed on him so hard but mostly angry that he liked her well she's like she's like you dry humped my thigh for 30 minutes yesterday. <laughs> and he's like, and he just goes, dry humping is not incest. It's like, yes, it is. It is. It's creepy, yes, it is. Frank. It's yes, creepy it is. that you did Weirdo. anything at all. And she forces him out. And her screaming is so funny. Well, because she goes, she's like, yeah! yeah! She's a good screamer. That actress is a oh, good screamer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Emily something. Yeah. I do not I saw her on name. Broadway. She, My film professor has done a film with her and is friends with her. Ooh. Yeah. She was in the show The Fairy Man. Well, and it's like, I I liked Sammy's character at first. Before she started, ta- like, taking over the Gallagher yeah, house. Cunt. Yeah. It was like, when she, when she started, like, acting like she was the head of household, that was when I started being like, girl. But, like, I kind of got where she was coming from most of the time because it's like, damn, Frank lied to her, manipulated her pretty hard. You want me to throw some fun little family trauma onto this? Uh, I, the way that uh, she acts when she comes into the family, the Gallagher house and she's like, I'm your sister. You have to treat me like your sister now. My grandma came in or like my dad's mom came into our lives once when I was like 12 years old. And she's like, I'm grandma. And I'm like, I literally don't know who the fuck you are. Like, I've never met you. And she's like, right. don't treat me like grandma. I'm like, I super don't because I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah, it's. It's almost like stepmom things. Yeah. But he gets kicked out. Back at the alibi, Kev talks to the guys he hired and pays them basically nothing for their work with the asbestos. He gives them like $10. Yeah, they, they, they got rid of it. But and then he's like, he's like, hey, Paco, line them up some half shots to congratulate and to congratulate them on their work. And he leans in and he's like, make sure they're half shots. Yeah. And Mickey comes back in, asks Kev about the apartment upstairs, if they got it all cleaned out. And Mickey proposes that he rent out the apartment and they turn it into a whorehouse. A rub and tug. The beginning of the rug and, rub and tug. I love Kev and Mickey's partnership. Me too. Right? It's so good. Finally, finally, Steve and Noel get a storyline to chew on. Like, right? Because they're like, we're friends a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Back at home, Debbie catches... Or, sorry, Fiona catches Debbie crying in her room, and she gets Debbie to open the door for her, like, kind of just, like, F- Debbie's finally opening up to her a little bit, and she she opens up about Maddie, she's like, my boyfriend broke up with me, and take a shot, everybody, drinking game, take a shot, because Fiona says, you screwed up, that just proves you're a Gallagher. Oh, oh my god, can we write just a little more lazy? Alcohol poisoning. I don't give a fuck if you're a Gallagher. Alcohol poisoning. But that seems to help Debbie a little bit. Uh, Because she's like, yeah. 
But she's still crying and Fiona opens up about her lack of knowledge of healthy relationships. Like she's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either. Yeah. And it's a really good scene between the two of them. Really emotional. Unfortunate timing this week with that article. Yeah. But uh, it is a really great scene between the two of them. Because like Demi is like also like practically crying watching Debbie be so like heartbroken. Right. Well, and she's and uh, Emma Kenny. Best cry. I, Emma Kenny cries like nobody's business. She's like, I'm going for it. But once again, Fiona, um, having the knowledge that her younger sibling is dating an actual fucking grown ass adult would be. I like, don't think she knows that he's older. She didn't say. She didn't say that. Say, like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like Fiona, like a knowing about um maybe Ian dating like full on grown men, and now Debbie dating full on grown men. Just like getting in on that much of the context would be super nice for Fiona to have all of the information mm-hmm. yeah frank then rolls his ass into the alibi and he sets up camp for the night and sammy follows him in she guilts him a little bit for like being an absent father but he apologizes and she ultimately forgives him and she sits down and the two of them spend the night hanging out i gotta say lazy writing lazy writing where yeah. was that the she scene? just immediately followed him back there where was the scene between her screaming throwing him out of her room or out of her trailer and then being fine. Like, where well, was the scene between She that? comes in and initially she's really angry at him still. Not, like, yelling, screaming because they're in public. But she's, like, she's, like, you know, like, you fuck. Like, like I, I, every day I wondered where you were. Like, blah, blah, blah. And she's, like, telling him off. And she's, like, did you ever think about me? And he says, honestly, no. No. I never did. But I will now. And she's, and that's what kind of, like, softens her up like, a little oh, bit. where she's like, oh, dad. Oh, and then she, like, laughs at a joke he makes or whatever. Like, I know she's got daddy issues, but, like, it just felt, like, lazy writing. They're like, she's gonna scream at him for dramatic and comedic effect, and then we're going to do absolutely nothing, and then she's gonna forgive him. And yeah. then she's gonna become the worst daddy's girl yeah. ever imaginable. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning at college, Lip catches his professor coming into the building and asks for a retest. And he gets shamed a little bit more, but Lip genuinely, like, kind of begs. Yeah. I think Kev kicked his ass a little bit. I think Kev, like, got him got him going. Yeah, for sure. Well, because he, res- he respects Kev. Uh, and Lip says that he understands the demands of the real world and that the demands of college are different and he's just having trouble adjusting to those. So he's like, I just need somebody to say, fuck it, this kid deserves a break. And the professor's like, I guess that's supposed to be me. And he does. He cuts him a break. He lets him take the test. Um, we end this episode with Lip following the professor inside the building. And the, but the professor's like, do you have a blue book with you? And Lip's like, yeah. Where the fuck it, did you get a blue book, Lip? Like <laughs> You can buy them at the campus store. And then he like asked, he was like, do you have like a pen? And he's like, I got two. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I have three just in case. And the professor's like, okay. Character development from when he didn't have a pen in that man's yeah. that man's class. So after credits scene, Sammy takes Frank through all of her scrapbook memories, memories he missed, and she puts her hand like on his leg to be like, aw. And he gets hard. Fucked up for real. I hate shameless writing. Fucked up for real. Well, he yep. like puts a pillow That's over so and then he's like, up. ignore that. Fucked um, up. But... Fucked up for real. Fucked up for real. Why does the show think incest is so funny? Why does the show? It's it's like the defining joke of this show is that incest is hilarious. And it doesn't get any better because they make plenty of those. Don't even get me started in season 10 when the Milk of When Sandy shows up, especially, and Mickey's like, oh, fuck my cousin, fuck my cousin. It's like, 
Oh she's my like, God. but it's fun like he used to. And he's like, we're cousins. Like, shut the fuck up. Right? Like, why? What is it with the writers of the show? Why do they think incest is so funny? I don't Probably understand. Probably because it's it. shocking. Like, shock factor. They're like, yes, shock equals funny. Ugh. No. Anyway, next week on Shameless, Fiona and Mike both land a punch on Robbie. Uh, military police track down Lip at college looking for Ian. Lip asks Mickey for information, and Frank's insurance payout looks to be pretty big. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that Lip asking Mickey for help scene. I'm so excited for the right? sad sweater. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> and the, the song in that scene is really good too, but the end credit song for, for this episode is Alone With You by the F-String, which is like a blues, rocky kind of tune. Um, some honorable music mentions in this episode, though. Ever Alone by The Soul's Release when Debbie's crying. Uh, Avita Dollars by The Loud. Whole Life in a Pocket by the Pollywogs and Bodies by the Duke Spirit. Bodies by the Duke Spirit is the song that's playing when Fiona's on the train. You love know. Love that. When I things love... are happening on the train. I love how much you notice the music in this show. That's so that's so awesome. I love the music. I go crazy. I it, it sets the mood for real. But oh, um that was It really does. That was the episode. What did you guys think? That was the episode. Uh like I st- I will never get that opening scene out of my brain. Oh it's my god, so it will good. never leave my brain. Like, it's built different. Like, I take the train every day, and I watched this episode the other day, and I got on the train today, and I was like, oh, like... Oh, <laughs> you were like, okay. what if that was me, though? Yeah, what if that was me, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is a great episode. I think everybody got a really good amount of screen time. I think that... I mean... I love seeing Carl for, again. Great. Leah, season four is giving me an appreciation for Carl that I never had before. It's interesting how equal things seem to be spaced out and like how I feel like everybody's getting their fair share of screen time, despite the fact that they are missing Ian and Sheila, like the whole Karen Mm -hmm. aspect of it all. And it's like, and then they flopped so hard in season 10 when they were Mm -hmm. missing just Fiona. It was like they couldn't figure out how to balance storylines the same way. Things were so like off kilter like some characters had so much screen time and other characters had none and it was like how'd you fuck up so bad everyone was doing independent things no one was crossing storylines anymore once they had to figure out that they once they figured out that they had to start giving liam storylines everything got fucked up they're like oh now that's too many now that's too many people he used to be just a prop. Oh my god, we actually have to write for him. But like, then also, meanwhile, they're bringing in like six, seven, eight brand new characters to fuck around and waste time on. Yeah, well, like, yeah. what I thought was great was when they would have Liam's storyline be linked with Frank. Yeah. Like, because then Liam basically took on the role it's of, It's like, like this Carl-Frank thing. Yeah, Liam basically took on the role of Carl where he's like, he's like, I get to do interesting things in Shine, but also I am not taking away from anybody else's storyline. I'm just- helping mm. with one and also any kid actor with william h macy is a great they episode. fucking flourish dude so i don't know but i think this episode's pretty great i think it's really good too like it's the beginning of the of the rub and tug which, which banger, I banger, banger 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 yeah. well because it's like next episode banger next episode banger next episode banger and so on and so forth Banger, 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 banger. It's the beginning of the turnaround with Svetlana. We're going to start seeing more Svetlana from here on. Well, you can see that Mickey's, like, genuinely fucking up her life a little bit, and she's getting fed up with it. Yeah. And, like, 
It's, I just, I love Mickey having a storyline outside of the really, like, Ian wasn't in this episode at all. This was, this was Mickey's fucking story that Mickey had to take care of some shit in his life. And there wasn't even him, like, wistfully staring at a photo of Ian in the mirror. Like, no, this is just independently a fucking story for this character that exists on our show. We actually see what Mickey does. Right? And, like, how he acts and, like, how, how his home life is. Like, well, like, Mandy and Kenyatta and Terry are just kind of around and it's like, I feel like they took some pointers from the original Shameless for that because in the original Shameless, like, the Maguire family is, like, very heavily featured. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. like I said, him and Kev having a storyline together, I feel like they're like, oh, yeah, Noel and Steve work, like, really well together. Like, it... And then isn't it, like, the previous episode was the scene with all of them doing, like, the, like, sitting around the table, like, uh, talking about, like, them stealing from mailboxes. Like, that was, like, one of our first, like, actual Milkovich's, like, hanging around the table scene. Like... That was episode one of this season. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was, like, one of our first ever, like, them casually having a scene. Like, even though they all fucking suck, it was nice to actually see what their independent yeah. storylines instead of it's just, like, Ian coming in the door and only Ian having a scene in the house or, yeah. like, the kids in there for two and seconds. And I genuinely believe once they stopped using the alibi as a stop-in space that 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 uh, storylines could cross over in and just started using it as, like, oh, it's the alibi. Kevin V are here. And that's it. There's Kevin V are here. That's all. That's that's all that's here. Oh, like, stop in and talk to Kevin V a little bit. And it's like, yeah. no. Like, the alibi is where storylines intersect because people are, people show up there. Yeah. And then it's where, it's where we transition from one character to another. Like, Frank comes in to rant about his bullshit, sits down. Mickey comes in and sits down and has a beer and he's like, what the fuck is up with you, Frank? And Lip comes in to rant about college. Mickey's like, what are you doing here? And like, Mickey's like, hey, Kev, did you rent out that space that like now we've been seeing throughout the whole thing? And like, it's a nice, I, it's like the, every, every sitcom has it, like the central perk, the, the loft, like they've got that space that they, that they orbit around each other. Mm-hmm. And once that started just getting used as like oh we're in the alibi this is only a kevin v storyline that we're doing in the alibi like no it is the hub there's the gallagher house and the alibi and they are the hubs of where stories intersect but yeah anyway i wanted to talk about perhaps our new stickers ah yes our new stickers how many i feel like i feel like by the time this comes out we'll be like we are posting about them or something i think I think we do have enough at the moment to sell. Sebastian is more than happy to print us more. I think from uh Well it's also like by the time this comes out in November, yeah. we will probably have made some sort of announcement. So we would like to tell everybody that our lovely host, Lena, brought did a kick-ass cool design. Es- her graphic designs non-existent major popped off. I'm an art student. It's I am Okay, you're an art student, but you said you don't really normally use that program. Yeah, I'm not a graphic designer or design major, but I am an art student, so I did have to learn a little bit how to use it. So by the time this comes out mid-November, we better have posted about it already. Uh, there's going to be some stickers. Yes. Uh, you'll see the photo of it on our Instagram by the time this episode comes out. It looks like the Gallagher house, and it has the luck we had on it, and it's so fucking cool that's what i originally wanted the logo of this podcast to be uh the gallagher house like an outline of the gallagher house and i don't think i ever even told you that and you just said oh i want to do something and you whipped out the gallagher house and i was like oh well because i was like it's the house it's the house it's the house well because it's like we are we are talking about the whole show we don't always just talk about ian and mickey even though that is like very much our our focus 
a lot of the time, it is like, we do talk about the whole, yeah. Um, shameless the house. I feel like our logo sets our vibe of, of what you're entering into. Yeah. Well, it's like, here's what you're gonna get. Like, it is gay here. That is, that's the vibe you're getting here. <laughs> so true. Um, but we have, uh, a four inch size, a three inch size, and a two inch size, so we got so many companies. We'll have, yeah, Lena's Gallagher House as well as our original logo stickers. They will be available. You can message us through Instagram and get them. And possibly, maybe, if we can figure out if Bonfire will let us upload a photo to print on a t-shirt, um, there might be a Bonfire campaign. I don't know. I will... So yeah, if that's a thing, that's a thing. But yeah, if you want uh, one of the stickers that we will definitely post, we between the three of us will remember, that we'll definitely post yeah. by the time this episode comes out. This wonderful design by our lovely Lena, who did a great job on the notes and the narrating again today. We love our full Thank you. Phenomenal, I love phenomenal. taking pressure off of your back, Amanda. Uh. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yes, this is Amanda's baby, and I don't want it to be like I'm taking over, but also I'm like, Amanda is stressed as hell. I want to help fix that. I'm taking mm. my Ian time. My as as yes, Ian so is in season four, as I'm am I. Go steal a helicopter. <laughs> I'm gonna go steal a helicopter and get myself the fuck out of this festival. Um but we're doing it. We got. We're gonna have stickers. We have our original logo stickers. We're gonna have Lena's logo stickers. And if future Amanda has anything to say about the bonfire campaign, that'll get put in. And yeah, it's. I I told you guys I did the math the other day. I was like putting up. I I keep a track of like when we record and when we edit and when we post. And I was like, I wonder why it felt like it was so long since the last time I talked to you guys. Last time we recorded because we recorded on October sixth. It's because the last time I recorded with you guys was August 23rd. <laughs> Damn. Wait, I thought, well, you mean when we recorded uh-uh. 403? The 401. last time we recorded before. No, but it's like the last time we recorded before 403 was was August. It was me, because you guys recorded in September, but I hadn't right. recorded with you guys since August. Oh, yeah, I forgot, because we had our independent because show. Because I had moved in to my apartment like that day and our power had been out like the day before and it was so hot in here because our power was out and I was sitting here and I just moved in. I don't even think when we like when we recorded, I don't even think I had built my bed frame yet. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think it was like a mattress on the floor and now I have like a legit bed. But yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, it's that it's, was crazy. That break was amazing and this is pre-recording is so good. Again, if something has happened in the future, we don't know about it yet. It's October 19th. We don't know yet. But if you want to get one of our amazing stickers, you can uh, email us at luckwehadpod at gmail.com. You can uh, message our Instagram, luckwehadpod. You can message our Twitter, luckwehadpod. Uh, and you can follow those, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Please, it really matters. You guys rating and reviewing and subscribing makes people see our show more, which is very cool. Uh, and you can follow me at Abnormal Amanda on Twitter, at Abnormal Amanda 18 on Instagram, and at Abnormal Amanda underscore 18 on TikTok. Where can they find y'all? You guys can find me on TikTok at Unevent. You can find me on Instagram at IamOkay4000 because Instagram doesn't like me. Um, I don't use Twitter that much, but you can find me at Internet Life You and Lena, where can they find you? I am very much on Twitter. Unlike Evan, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Durs Holmvik, but the L is an I, like the character from Workaholics. You can find me on Instagram, which I am also very active on, at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. Um, our podcast social medias luck we had pod on yes. basically everything including tumblr which i do run the tumblr mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. Message else? us. Talk to us. We love to hear from you guys. It's amazing. We want to hear what you have to say. Rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, yeah. Every time every time someone sends us a DM or a tweet or something, we'll like send it in our little group chat and we talk about it. We're like, oh my God, We're like, oh my God, like someone's talking to us. Hit us up for stickers. And uh, if if there's if there's t-shirts, we'll talk about it. But like hit us up for stickers on the Instagram. Evan will send them out to you. And it'll be a yes. rocking good time. And we're so, I'm so excited to get we're so close to getting Ian back. We're so close. To like to like four oh well, it's like four oh six when the when the jail storyline starts. It's like, yes. Like oh yes, my this God. is what the show was always meant to be. I fucking love season four. And like I'm finding new and fun ways to enjoy like I said, like I'm enjoying Carl in an entirely new way that I never uh-huh. enjoyed him before. Yes. And like I'm having I'm having empathy for Debbie a little bit. I'm having empathy for Sammy. Yeah. That I didn't have before. Okay, it's eleven thirty at night. We're starting to ramble. Oh my god. We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of here. And uh I'm I'm gonna rest up for the festival and uh you guys for school and for work and then until next time. Goodbye. We bid you adieu. Bye. Bye.